TLDR. If you're short on time, then here are seven minutes of sound bites from Omar Freya, the Bronx-based social entrepreneur, movement builder, and founder of Collective Diaspora, the growing global community of black cooperatives and black-led cooperative support organizations. And if you do have the time, you're on a run, a cycle, a drive, check out the full episode. It's evidence that with belief, desire, and action, we all have the power of self-determination. And just a little reminder, if you are enjoying the show, please share it with someone, follow us, like us on your favorite podcast player, or subscribe on YouTube as it helps us grow our audience. Now, over to Omar. The connection of the environment, the cooperatives, self-determination as a concept really came together for me during those years when I was in college, not in the academic setting, but outside of the university where I started, I started at Morehouse College in 1991. That very spring, Rodney King uprising really took off. And for those who, who don't know, Rodney King was our equivalent of George Floyd. He was the first person who's beating, black man who's beating what by police was actually caught on videotape. They had tape then, not phones. And it really set off a huge, a movement. The trial and the acquittal, the acquittal of the police that were, that engaged in that beating really it touched a nerve all across the country. And it led to uprisings. That, that moment for us, for me on that, on the campus of the Atlanta University Center, which is Morehouse College, Spelman College, Parkland University, Morris Brown College, all of them together. That really became a spark, a galvanizing point. And it brought many students together across the campuses to form an organization that became known as Students for African American Empowerment. There's been a way of operating, a way of managing and distributing resources that people have been doing collectively since we've been living together in human societies. The way we have been distributing resources has changed over time. We've gone do, through different stages from feudalism to mercantilism into capitalism. And so the push towards industrialization has been very much a part and product of capitalism. Enterprises that have this employer-employee relationship, I see the, the counter to that. We've been calling the solidarity economy. This is something that has been in place for a long time. And uh, the cooperatives the, within that mutual aid societies, rotating savings and credit associations, things that people are doing to meet each other's needs have been a part of that and are always a part of that. The work that we're doing at Collective Diaspora is to strengthen a piece of that, to strengthen that within marginalized Black communities that have borne the brunt of capitalism's effects since the dawn of the transatlantic slave trade, which was right there uh, and nurtured the growth of capitalism. It was both things were happening at the same time. And that sense of history is often absent from how we think of economic development. But so this is something that our view is that without a strong focus directly on the communities that have been marginalized, where the communities themselves are able and have a place to be able to develop the resources and to really focus in, then no one else is going to be able to move any further. You can't be free if anyone in your community is not free because the impacts are going to be felt by everyone. So there's been 
since you, you referred to the Rushdale pioneers of, of mm-hmm. England, their development, the development of, of predominantly white cooperatives, these predominantly white cooperatives have long existed. So their growth and development will continue. But without the growth and development of cooperatives in the communities that have been exploited, then we can't have a shift away from, from capitalism and it's the worst of it and into a different kind of economy. We can't evolve into something else. I've used a reference before related to the environment where you have communities that have been used as dumping grounds. There's a kettle or a pressure cookers. Pressure cookers are, or crock pots have these steam release valves. And those steam release valves allow for once the pressure builds up in the system for the steam to escape. Without those steam release valves, what you have, what you have is a pipe bomb. And so black communities around the world have been that steam release valve. And so with as long as it has been the presence of these communities, indigenous communities in the Western hemisphere have been that steam release valve. And it's, it is our communities that have been the dumping grounds for waste, that have been the places to site factories that have, that contaminate and pollute. These are the places where the worst of corporate abuses are practiced on workers that come from these communities, come from our communities. And so as long as, as our communities are allowed to remain these release valves, then the worst of capitalist development will still exist and will still be present. So for the sake of white cooperators looking to create alternatives, it is critical that black, black communities have strong cooperative movements that, that the alternatives that are really are focused on communities that have been the most marginalized. So that's, that's how I, how I see things in order to really have to push all of society towards an alternative, uh, towards a different way of structuring our economy, then the most marginalized really have to be centered and focused on because that's where the, the weakest links are, where the chain has been broken, where the, the excesses of society, the market failures are operating and in place. We would not have a climate disaster happening presently. We would not be talking about global climate change or the melting of, of polar ice caps, if those communities, if Louisiana didn't have a cancer alley where you have black communities that are the, the, these hotbeds of chemical ref, of oil refineries and chemical plants that have been polluting for so long, for decades upon decades. So it's these places where these are where the smokestacks are that emit the pollution that go into the atmosphere that trap the, the gases that are heating the planet. So. Those are the places where our focus and efforts have to be. For Collective Diaspora, our goal, our intention is that we are able to connect Black cooperatives and Black-led organizations supporting cooperative development with each other across borders. And that what I see in seven years, because we're in 2023, so 2030 is just seven years away, that we have deepened relationships. We have connected people and organizations that weren't connected before. We've deepened relationships. We've put cooperatives and organizations on the map with others around the world, and we facilitated opportunities for trade between them. 
so that there is a greater sense of solidarity, of uh, Pan-African Black solidarity across borders that is leaving local movements stronger in stronger positions. So that we have groups that are in Colombia, in Trinidad, that are in much stronger positions and are able to advocate for themselves with the full knowledge and support of their brothers and sisters and siblings that are organizing for to similar effect and with similar circumstances in other countries as well. Okay, that's all for now, folks. Now, here's my ask of you. Please follow this podcast on Apple or Spotify or whatever player you use. Also, please subscribe to our new Random Collisions newsletter. We really are working to build a global community of action takers, action engines of people that really care about the problems that need solving. Thank you very much and see you next time.